Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Dave. Yo. Man, you told us last week you got a good team, prepare to lose some of your good players. But that don't mean I gotta like it. <laughs> I know it doesn't. No, it does not. It's inevitable, but you don't have to like it. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by Bet Online. He is Super Bowl champ Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Uh, we are located wherever you find your podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. You can also hit us up on social media on the old Twitter. He's at Eric, at underscore Eric Davis underscore. That's two underscores. So that's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. I'm at R Haylock. Um, plenty to get to on this show. Of course, the departure of Emmanuel Sanders uh, as he is He's left the building. He's gone down to uh, to the boot to join the Houdat Nation, Drew Brees and company. He's going to be uh, dressing up with the Saints uh, in the 2020 season. Uh, we'll discuss that and some of the ramifications of that. What do the, what do the Niners now do at the wide receiver uh, position? A lot of, a lot of questions uh, to be answered for the Niners, as well as those two picks now. You look at 13, you look at 31. Does this change the way they they view those picks and how they handle those? Also, other things around free agency that have kind of had a domino effect and, and are related to these 49ers. Um, first things first, though, we got to talk about Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, ED, you said he was probably the most important piece. He was uh, to me. Yeah, for yeah, for yeah. these 49ers in free agency, he leaves and goes to the Saints. Um, I think that makes them scary, in all honesty, uh, because I look at it as Emmanuel Sanders is a legit number one. You got Michael Thomas, who for my money is the best wide receiver in the entire uh, football league. He's um, in the argument. Yep, and, he's definitely in the discussion. And he's never really had a guy next to him, right? Like, I mean, everybody in the building knows that the ball's coming to him, and he still puts up hundred plus catches, thousand plus yards. Like, he he still finds uh, a way to, to get open, and, and Breeze finds ways to find him, even though he's pretty much the lone weapon they have out there uh, at, at that wide receiver position. Now, Breeze can go back to pass, and he's got two number ones in Sanders and Michael Thomas. That's scary. Uh, you know what? I don't know if if we were gonna. Go, I don't know if I'm gonna make E a, a number one, but this is what what I am gonna say. He he's a solid vet. He's a solid NFL productive receiver. So if that's what you if that's what you want to call a one, yeah, we can do that. Um, he's not a one. Is the guy you build your game plan around. A one is the guy that you that by that I mean defensively you you like you go into the game like we have no choice but to try and stop this guy. Michael Thomas is that guy. I don't know if Sanders is that guy, but Sanders to the 49ers. He was that, he that? was that guy here. He, he was the, that guy 49ers. for the 49ers. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I thought it was so important to have that presence 
there um because you because you look at this guy and i just think the offense immediately got better the quarterback got better the passing game got better the wide receivers you saw them start to mature more you started to see better play out of the younger guys in that room you immediately saw the connection with uh jimmy garoppolo and sanders and he made him a better quarterback see i i thought it was important to keep that around but I'm going to trust that these guys see something um, and that's out there on the market or that's um, in their locker room already that they're saying, okay, we think that we can continue to get growth at the quarterback and the wide receiver position in the passing game out of what's happening. But I did, I, I thought it was just important to have that mindset that he brought that, that pro mentality. Um, that you see some of the younger guys. I've been looking at some of the posts that some of the young receivers have been putting out there, and they're saying exactly what I'm saying right now, that there is more, and, and this is what I would say, it, there's more to the value of, of, of certain vets than just what they put on film on Sunday. There's more to it, and there are certain guys that you keep around because of that, and, and they need to be there a little longer. Um, I, I personally think that's what happened to um, uh, and I'll get back to this, but you know, I guess I'm going story time early. I think that's what happened to Dana Hall. Uh, Dana Hall, uh, if you remember, was drafted early, first round. He was a first rounder out of UW, came in, and um, and they put him in at safety. And I'll never forget. I will never ever forget the first mini camp after the draft when all the rookies are there, that required camp that we all have to be at. And we walked out there in, into the huddle. I will never forget that looking over. And we were all like, what are you doing out here? And Dana was standing in the huddle. The very first practice, the very first play, he was standing in the huddle with the first team. And we were looking like, why are you here? And he told us, it was like, George told me to come out here. So George Seifert put him in there. And, and this is one of those things where it was like hands off of him. He's going to do it. Dana came in, not not Ronnie Lott, not Eric Wright, not not myself, not not Merton. None of us started off in the first team huddle day one. You earn that, yeah. <laughs> and and they and they put him in the huddle, and they let Ronnie go. So Ronnie was gone. You draft in this guy, and I think Dana never learned what it meant to play that position and what was expected from that position and, tr and the tradition of that position, because he, uh, they, they got rid of those guys too soon. So that's why I say that about a manual. I saw how it affected a player that had tons of talent, but not ever seeing it. It's one thing to tell a guy, but it's so much different. And you see that already with, with some of the comments that, uh, born and Debor making watching a guy put in the work and do it and then be, be successful on Sunday it changes the way a player views what's being said by another player by that other vet like this is let me show you how to be successful and I've been in this league and had success by doing it this way and until you figure out how to do it your way successfully trust I got one for you follow me and that's that's what I, I liked about him. So now maybe enough of it is rubbed off. They did get that that time with him. Hopefully that's the case. But I still see them making some types of moves uh, moving forward.
at that position. But you you said, and I've heard you say it right here on this podcast. Everybody has a number, right? And and, and yeah. we, we talked about this. We talked about it as it relates to Sanders. You know, I was, you know, of the mindset early on. I didn't think that the Niners would go over ten million per year for him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and he ends up signing two years, sixteen. It, it, uh-huh. it, it seems like it see it, it appears. Um, you know that that that's somewhat favorable. That that that's somewhat uh, th- that would have been friendly enough for for the Niners to be able to bring him back at at that type of number. Um, you know, I I don't want to speak for Sanders saying that you know he wanted to come back because we don't know that we don't even know if if the Forty ers uh-huh. even even offered anything. But I, I was going there with you on that one. He may not have wanted to come back. Um, there is always that, always that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and but it I, mean, I I looked at the number. Because my 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 whole thought with with Emmanuel Sanders was if he leaves, it's going to be a high number, and and to me, two years sixteen isn't that high for what for what he brings, yeah. especially for what he brought to this team last season. I thought anything like that, he for sure, you know, would be back in a Niners uniform next season, and that just simply wasn't the case, and that simply it's just not the case, um, unfortunately. And so now he teams up uh, with Mike Thomas, and and if you're the Forty Niners, you gotta you you gotta look at this now. Right, like, like this is a team oh, yeah. that you're you're probably going to see down the line if you're expected to be, you know, back in in the same boat in the same race that you were in last season. Uh, well, remember what I said at the end of last season. Like your division has changed. That's the thing you got to understand um, when you when you're a good team and you start playing. Uh, the the Niners reached a point where you were no longer concerned about the NFC West. The only reason you even thought about it is because there was that first round bye that you were fighting with Seattle. But you started your division then became it wasn't just Seattle, the Rams and the Cardinals. No, it was Seattle. It was Baltimore. Um, you know what I mean? That's how you started, had to start looking at it. What was happening in the East? You had to start looking at what was happening with the Patriots. That And that's where. I, I see where you're going. That's where the Niners are right now. The Niners are a good football team. I don't think last year was a fluke. So now your division goes beyond the West. You just said it. You, you have to start looking at what the Saints are doing. What is Kansas City doing? What is Baltimore doing? They didn't all of a sudden become a bad football team. Yeah, there are other teams that are going to pop up. Tom Brady um, you know, I, I know I was saying he's not the guy to come here, but Tom Brady's not a bad quarterback. So now look at what the coaching staff that you have there offensively and defensively in Tampa combined with now you have a reliable quarterback. Um, how is that going to affect things? So you do have to look at look at it just beyond what's going on. And, and I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, as much as I would have liked to have him here from from a Sanders standpoint. You have an opportunity to catch balls from All Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, you have a you have an opportunity to play opposite Mike Thomas of of Mike Thomas, and this is one I'll never. I, I remember Nate Burleson was talking one time, and he was talking about. Um, um, you know, playing and what he would do and all of this stuff and everything. E, I would have done this to you and I would have done that to you. And I said, Nate, I never would have covered, covered you. You're the other receiver. <laughs> 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 and and I, the reason I bring that up is what I'm trying to say. 
E. Sanders gets to be the other receiver. We already talked about number one solid vet um, uh, talent that he possesses. He is the one who's going to get the single team. He is the one that's going to get the easy coverage. He is because you have Michael Thomas on the other side. So if you start to think about that from a receiver's standpoint, and what and and getting your own numbers and 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 having the ability to make plays, I, I can't get mad at him for going there. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it, it makes it it actually makes sense for him to go. He's closer to to his family. He's in an offense that I mean, it's a receiver. It it, it makes sense. That's why I wish they could have kept him. He's a good player, so I I don't I don't expect him to have a bad year there unfortunately but yeah that's that's something that that the Niners are going to have to contend with uh, down the road I, I do believe that those guys are gonna they'll be neck and neck all year long fighting for um, hierarchy and they're, and there they're aren't a whole lot of buys out there this season yeah so you gotta yeah you gotta pay attention to that too so all of this stuff is gonna come is gonna be important down the road so just just the way the guys that are getting the way, and and how it's going to affect them. The guys that are like, we haven't talked about Hop coming into the division. Yeah. Man, oh, that changes things. That changes things big time, especially with with that quarterback, and, and with that offense. Um, but when when you, you now looking at this Saints team and just go just going back the last couple of seasons, like we we all know what Mike Thomas has, has been able to do. You know, over you know over a hundred catches. You know, kind of. You know that 120 catch uh, window and, and over you know thousand yards had 1400 yards the year before. You know outside of Alvin Kamara who who who's had you know 80 catches each of the last two seasons. No no other receiver or tight end has had more than 43 catches uh, for the Saints. And now you bring in a guy like Emmanuel Sanders who um, is is more than capable of putting up that type of a total. And oh yeah. The thing yeah. that's interesting to me is if, for a, a, as great as Mike Thomas's numbers have been, his numbers go down slightly a little bit. Sanders' numbers, obviously, obviously Sanders can put up some big numbers, and then you still have Kamara coming out of that backfield. Um, that's that that's a lot for opposing defenses uh, to deal with when, when you got Sean Payton calling plays, and and he's he's not getting in in his own way. Um, it, it, one thing about Emmanuel Sanders, I, I was reading the story, or ran across the story earlier this week when uh, about Bruce Arians, and he was when he was the offensive coordinator with the Steelers, and, and Sanders and Antonio Brown were both young guys at the time, and they were fighting basically for one spot, you know, one, one, uh-huh. one, one starting position, and and Tomlin, you know, basically just just put them up against each other, you know, each and every day, each and every day, you know, forcing one of them to top the other. Um, in order to get that spot, and and there was very little separation between the two, um, and 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 Sanders, of course, went on to have a, a pretty good career with the Steelers before going on to the Broncos, eventually Niners, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But from from day one, you know, he's been a guy who who's shown he's had the ability to to put out a high level of production, and and now um, he's walked out of the Niners locker room, and so he'll be down there uh, with the Saints. This is the Believe in Forty Niners. Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Um, he is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. So 
Won't be seeing any more Emmanuel Sanders T-shirts walking around Levi Stadium next season. You think? At least, at least I don't think so. Uh, um, maybe, but maybe. If, if you're in search of some tees, my man E.D., he's got the perfect setup for you. What you got for him, E.D.? Uh, well, we got a brand new sponsor here, but True Classic Tees, uh, based out of L.A., and uh, they are on the rise. The company is on the rise. My favorite tee, uh, you know, style's changing. T-shirts uh, are something that you can just use as formal wear. Formal wear is out. So you can throw a T-shirt on. You can take yourself anywhere at any time. And, and if you're going to wear this T-shirt, you got to throw one that's soft like the classic tee. The true classic tees. They're soft. They hold up in the wash. They are incredibly versatile. Uh, you can wear them out, as I said. You can wear them when you work out. You can wear them around the house. And we're all on lockdown. You need to put on something when you're around the house and look good, if not even for your significant other, just for yourself. You don't want to just be a slob in your pajamas all day long. Feel good about yourself. Look good. So uh, go to True Classic. T.com and use the checkout code BLEAV. That's believe and get 20% off. That's BLEAV at trueclassictees.com. Trust me, you want to look good. You want to feel good. These t shirts are great. I love them. I love them. Glad we got a new sponsor and it's something that we can use. Don't you love it when it's that way, man? I love t shirts. I love t Actually, a couple weeks ago, Went we had a uh, went down to a a music concert. It was kind of like a jazz jazz type lunch brunch type of deal uh, for uh-huh. my, for my father in law's birthday. I wore uh, I wore a t shirt uh, and I wore a blazer on top of that. Thought I was doing something, Ed. Thought I was doing there something. There, you know, and and that's that's just the way that's just the way that's, things that's go. It. That's these what days, I'm saying. You know? That's 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 formal wear. Now that's how, that's, that's right. how you do it. That's right. You just you just throw your tea. You throw on a nice tea. And you go in, and, and you you know you just do your thing. Couldn't just, tell, couldn't just, tell me nothing. Just, just be smooth like that. Couldn't, couldn't like tell it. me nothing. Uh huh. Um. So now, so now you, Emmanuel Sanders gone, obviously, and, and now, now you take a, a long look at this wide receiver position now. And obviously, if the season were to start today, which it's not because we're all under quarantine, week two of quarantine. Yeah, yeah here, really, really. Um, Debo would be the number one. If we went into the season with Debo as the number one, how comfortable would you be with this roster in that scenario? Who's my number two? Who's my number three? You're you're probably you're probably looking at Bourne. So Kittle. Bourne, Kittle's yeah, my number well, one. Kittle be your number one, and and then you'll have you'll have. And then I have Debo. Debo and Bourne. And Debo and Bourne. Uh, I need something else. I need something else because I really don't know. I I like those guys. Uh, I don't know um, where Debo is just yet still. Um, he's a young guy. He's a young guy, and this is what I will say. I said this after Patrick Mahomes' first year, and everyone was like, well, you know, he's the greatest ever and all this stuff, and I said he had a really good year. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't know yet. He had a good – a lot of guys have had really, really good seasons, and then they don't do anything else. So, C. Scott I, I mean, Mitchell, like, Nick Foles. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it always, it always, that can happen. Everybody can have, anybody can have a good year. So I want to see what Debo is going. I do believe he's going to continue to improve. I think he's going to be a good player. Is he ready to be the number one? As I said, that you are game planning for and defenses are game planning around. That's a different load. 
that's that's it's it's different. So like you mentioned earlier about Mike Thomas catching balls um, when everyone knows that they're coming. That's not easy. Really good receivers can't do that. Really good coordinate. They have a hard time getting guys open. You see where Julio Jones is just will have games where he just doesn't get balls or he does a score. Odell Beckham is going crazy because they can't find a way to get him open because defenses are saying you can't beat us. That's why Hopkins and Michael Thomas, that's why they're so special that they can do that. And, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald, they do it week in and week out when you know it's coming. So, so going back to going back to Debo, I, I would still I, I like him. I, I still want something else. I'd like a little bit more assurance because I had those guys and the passing game wasn't the same until Sanders came, you know? Yeah. So that's letting me know right now that I still need another guy. Um, but but I, I, I feel comfortable with those guys, but I want more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. and and, here, and here's my thing. Like now and we we talked about it, okay, with with what they do with Armstead, which they ended up keeping him, but they they traded yeah. Buckner away, and what they do with Sanders could give us an inkling to what they do with their first round picks. Now you got two first round picks. You got 13 and you got 31. And so now it becomes even more of an eye opener, right? Like, like, what do you do with that thirteenth pick? And and even if they do, like, like, say they they do hold on to both of these picks, and even if they do go out and, and take, you know, one of these top flight receivers, like like a CD Lamb or 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 Rugs uh, or, or or a Judy, um, I still think you need another veteran. And and Sanders is gone. Robbie Anderson has, has signed elsewhere. Um, not too many guys, you know, still out there. Um, and, and so to me, that's, that's a little troubling because even if you bring in a top flight guy and let's just say you, you, you nail the pick, right? The guy comes in, Judy comes in, Ruggs comes in, uh, CD lamb, whoever, whoever it may be, they come in and they, they hit the ground running, right? Instant impact, right? You still need a vet in there. You, I, I it's, I firmly believe you still need a vet in that yeah. room. You know, yeah. so so where where do you turn to now? Um, it, and so I think that's that's a huge question for uh, for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and 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 the rest of that front office to kind of deal with. I mean, we talked about Lynch last week. I mean, you said it. Um, quote of the week last week. He was GMing his ass off. Now, you know what what what's he going to do? Where do you turn? Um, uh, well, I still well, you know what you saw them bring in Travis Benjamin, someone who knows the um, knows the offense. That knows the quarterback knows. I mean, knows the coordinator knows what he wants, um, knows what the expectations are within that. Uh, so what you do, you get another. That, that's one of those things that that you have to have. He may not be that star vet that we're thinking of when and you look at the stats and all of this, but it's someone in the system. Why do you, why do you bring this guy in? It's someone who knows the system. It's someone who speaks the language. It's someone who can go beyond just making certain that your grammar is correct when you're speaking it, but that you also understand the, the slang that you also understand like, okay, now you, you get what they're saying, but now that, that the doors are closed, let, let me, let me give you some hood speak. Can you understand exactly what coach wants and what he means? 
So that's part of it as well. I so do you believe he's the guy? Do you believe he's he's the vet in the room? I believe I believe that he is one that can help. Because see, that's just it. You may not you touched on it. You may not be able to go out and find that one particular guy without making a trade. Uh, you know, you're gonna have to. You, you know how what I how I am about Odell and what I think he could do. Uh, but you gotta. You what are you willing to give up for? Because that guy's not cheap. I mean, you you can go out there and get a guy. But it's what are you trying to do? Unless unless it's the DeAndre Hopkins situation where the coach was literally trying to give him away for whatever reason he was trying to give him away, um, you're going to pay a lot to get a high-end guy. That's just that's just the way it is because a high-end guy is worth a lot. Are you willing to do that? That's the question. How important is that to you? And what do you think the rest of your team could do? I, I still want to see what some of these younger guys could do I think that, yeah, Benjamin is one of those guys that the only reason you bring him in is because he does know your system. He does know what's going on. You are expecting him to be able to help some of these younger guys um, come along because I don't see them expecting. Do you expect Benjamin to come in and take Bourne's spot or Debo's spot? Or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, for, for, for context – uh, Benjamin was with Kyle Shanahan in Cleveland when when Kyle was the OC there with the Browns. Uh-huh. Uh, do I expect him to come in and take Debo's spot? No. Do I think he can come in and take Bourne's spot? I think he can push him. Okay, I see, really and, and, and do. I really now do. that's so so that's so that's the thing about it. You bring him in because just as you just said, you're trying to push that other guy. And and, I, and my point, he's not coming in to be the number one guy. You're not bringing him in to be the number two guy i don't believe i think you you're bringing you're bringing him in just to do that to teach the guys and push guys to further understand what it is this guy wants in his system because you've been in it and and um kyle knows i'm not kyle's not trying to go back to the beginning teaching guys his offense like he did when he first took over the job that those days are over well, so now in this current happen. state that we're in, also, I mean that that makes it a whole lot tougher, right? I mean, there's there's no OTAs going on right now, and no, who, that's that's fine. You know, everybody freaks out about that. I didn't have OTAs when I when I played football, and, and I learned everything. You don't you didn't need to be around. There was there was no such thing as off season conditioning. We did it as a group. We would do it on our own, and we would get together and work out like like maniacs, which is probably why we were better than a lot of teams. But there was no required get in camp and do all of this stuff and be around one another. We didn't do that. And I still learned. I learned the defenses. I left as a free agent. I went to Carolina. They gave me a new playbook. And what you do, you sit down and you learn the playbook. And, and then you go to camp. I mean, you know, you, you go to practice, you, you sit down, you do meetings, and you learn stuff. And it's, it's your job. So not having, not having the OTAs and all of that, that's not, that's not an issue. But what I'm talking about as far from Kyle's standpoint, Kyle is at a point to where now, because this is what you're doing with Garoppolo, his his maturity, his growth as a quarterback. You have the foundation. There are some basic things that everyone within his offense should know now. You're going to practice those basic things, but you're going to continue to build out your playbook. And that's how it was with us. I mean, it got to a point. There would be times I, I, I literally remember the. I'll never forget the 1992 NFC Championship game. Um, Emmitt Smith scored 
on the play. If you look at it, if you go back to that game, Emmett Smith scored on the play on a little swing pass. There was no one out there. And that was because it, we ran a defense. And I remember when, when I heard it in the game, we ran a defense in that game that we had practiced one previous other time. And it was back in training camp. Wow. But you're expected to know it because we had done it and we had practiced it and it was in our playbook. And it wasn't even in our game plan for that week, but it was something that we had. And when they called that, because for that particular situation, they called it. And uh, what's his name? Harrison. He, he, he had a pill bit blitz. It was an all out blitz. And he, but he had to peel outside. You come out of your blitz and you take the, you take anyone that crosses your face. And he didn't take um, Emmett on that play uh, because it was one of those things. He, he just blew the call because we had done it. So when but, they called that, like how many dudes were in the huddle kind of scratching their head like, wait, what, what's. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure a, a lot of it is the understanding of the defense. There are some guys that just don't know because a lot of the D linemen, they're waiting for you to tell them what to do anyway. But just but in the <laughs> secondary, just knowing what everyone's doing, I was like, what the hell when I when I heard it. um. Because our defenses, they had a lot of long names, but then uh, then we do a lot of code words on on um, things just to make it shorter and, and to call at home. Because at home, that's where you you get all your noise noise and everything defensively. Um, no one ever thinks about that about the defense having a hard time uh, communicating. As you guys do realize that when the crowd is yelling and making all that noise to confuse the offense and mess up their timing and get the false starts and all that stuff, you do realize defensively we're trying to talk to each other too. <laughs> so 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 let's think about it so at home that's why i said you certain teams bad defense communication you can always tell if a, if a team if a defense has communication problems it's going to show up at their home games because that's when the crowd is making noise and you can't talk to guys you so you have to have hand signals and shorten things up and you or you got to have an understanding of what's going on but so when he came in, yeah, I was just like, I was like, what the hell? I was like, Double Dog Texas special right now? And and I and I mean, I remember thinking we had we. I, I'm like, cool, I don't mind blitzing, but it was it wasn't a blitz that we had. We literally had not run it all season long, and this was the NFC Championship game. You're talking about the end of the season, and that was like in the beginning of training camp when we did that. So I say that the, what I'm pointing out is that those are the type thing you have your basics, but you build off things and you do little things for certain situations and, and you want to have it there. That's what Kyle is with this offense. Now he doesn't want to go back to day. They're not going to go back to, to day one first camp. Let me teach these basic plays um, to Jimmy and the offense. Those that that's an understood thing that you, that you have to catch up to it. So bringing in a Benjamin is someone who already understands that language. He understands that verbiage. He understands the basics. So I can build off of what we've been doing. And you want as many guys around as you possibly can that you can build off of what you've already been doing so that you can advance what you're doing. Because remember, we said like with the Rams, their problem, they went, they're trying to win doing what they won with before. Yeah. You can't do that. Because people are going to study what you did before. So, yes, there are some basics that you are going to have to do because that's that's what your team is built around. But now you have to expand off of those basics. And that's what you want to practice. And that's what you want to have guys doing. The young guys, whoever that may be that you bring in offensively or defensively, those are the only ones that have to get up to speed. But they get up to speed quicker because they're watching the other guys do it. 
they still have to go back and do all the studying and all the learning, but they also get to see other guys advancing what it is that they're learning. And then, and they get up to speed. You catch up faster that way, but the team never slows down. And that's what you want to bring in. And that's where they are right now. So um, I, I see having people come around that understand where you are so that you can, so that you can continue to build and go from there, you know, and, and just hopefully it's, it's not a situation where you, you, you throw things in at the very end of the season yeah, <laughs> that yeah. guys, that guys have forgotten. Um, but, but yeah, I'm still mad about that. Still mad. Martin Harrison. That was his name. Martin, Martin Harrison. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by Bet Online. I don't blame you. I, I'd be mad at that too. Matter of fact, I, I am mad. I was watching the game, so I mean, I'm, I'm still mad about it uh, myself. But you know what? I don't know. I don't. Well, I guess you know what? I don't know if it was Martin. I, I, how mad I can get it? Yes, I. Never mind. Never mind. I was about to say I don't know if I should be mad at, at um, Martin because, like I said, we didn't really run it. I mean, that was like six months. That was like six months ago. But but you know what? I knew what to do. Yeah, but I mean, so, we, you're a rare breed. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I just had a job to do. I was, I was one of, I was one of eleven out there, and I knew what to do. So out of, all, out of all those eleven guys, how many guys you think really knew what to do when that play was called in? Um, ten others did what they were supposed to. Hmm, all right, give you that. <laughs> <laughs> it only takes one. <laughs> it only it only takes one. It only takes, it only one. takes one. And now, you know, not to mention there was a bad call on there anyway. But never should have gotten in that situation. That's that's a whole different story. That's a whole different story. I go back and watch that. A couple phantom calls, but never mind. We lost. We yeah. lost. But what is this? This is the Believe in Forty Nine podcast. It is, okay. and it's pres- trying, it's, it's presented by about that game. And it's presented by Bet Online, <laughs> their brand new title sponsor uh, of, like the, of, of the show here. And so we're very appreciative of them and and uh, their their contributions to this podcast. And you know, Ed today. It's supposed to be, was supposed to be a huge day in sports, right? You're talking about the Sweet 16. You're also talking about opening day throughout all of Major League Baseball. And so for a lot of people, there was... There was a lot of things to, to to be able to play, you know. I mean, you know, run differential. You know, how many strikeouts would Kershaw have had today? You know, a lot of people like to spend their money different ways. Kershaw and, gets and, a lot of strikeouts. A lot of strikeouts this time of year. He, 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 he just does. can't get them when they matter. And <laughs> <laughs> there, there lies the problem. But if you know the pattern, you could have you could have put some money down, and you could have won a lot of money today on the MLB. But no fret. While while we're still waiting this thing out at home and we're still under quarantine, this week two of quarantine, you can still have some fun betting at Bet Online. No NBA, no NHL, no MLB, as we mentioned. So you might think there's nothing to bet on, but Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and the blackjack, and sports that aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts, American Idol the elections, the spelling bee, and their $750,000 poker series. They're still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag, G as in Gary, and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, the fun never ends. 
end. Uh, the fun has ended for some around the NFC West, though, however. A lot of big moves, a lot of things have happened. Um, Todd Gurley, gone. And we, if you're a fan yeah, of wow. this podcast, we talked about this a long time ago. Uh, I, I mentioned it numerous times. Like, something's not right, right? I mean, and, and you don't eat that kind of money uh, if you're the Rams unless you know, like, something just isn't right. And they tried to mask it and, and put makeup on a pig as much as they wanted to last season and, and, and tell us pitch count, this, that, and the other. But something clearly wasn't right. And, and they, they, uh, yeah. they they let him walk and eating $20 million in the process. Uh, you don't see that happen all the time. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, is now the newest – uh, one of the newest members of the the Arizona Cardinals, and so that's the one. Th- yeah, so I mean, basically they they acquired him for peanuts, and, mm-hmm. and 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 as you mentioned, the division got better. Um, you, you look at you look at Seattle. You know they're not going anywhere. You look at what the Niners uh, have done. That they pretty much have mm-hmm. almost their entire team intact, and they got two first round picks to kind of add. Uh, to that, yeah. but you look at this Arizona Cardinals team, and this isn't a team that was bad last year. You know, they had their bumps no. in the road, first-year head coach. They're learning. First-year quarterback, they were learning, but they were also and, explosive it, yeah. at, at times. In some ways, you know, in some ways, it sort of mirrored what, um, what Kingsbury did over there. It sort of mirrors what Shanahan did when he first got to the Niners. Yeah, in some way where you look at it and you're like, okay, this could be a problem down the road because you see the guys playing hard. You look at the talent on the roster. Uh, you look at the innovation um, and, and what you can do from a playmaking standpoint. And then like, ah, uh, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, I would be surprised if they make a jump here soon. So now you, you add uh a, a, a player who many believe is is the best wide receiver in the game, DeAndre Hopkins, uh-huh. and you line him up opposite one of the best to ever do it, and and Larry Fitzgerald, who who still has uh, something left in the tank, like he's just not out there, you know, just running around. Like he he can still make some plays, uh, Cam Fitzgerald, and then they got uh, Drake, who in, in the backfield, Kenyon Drake, who they believe is a better fit for their offense. No. Um, coming out of that tailback position, and, and he played well after coming over in the trade from Miami uh, last season. He played very well in a Cardinals uniform, and so now if if you're the 49ers, you got to contend with this. And, and uh, yeah, that that makes that that makes the whole Jimmy re-signing. Uh, a, a lot more uh, imperative, obviously, because you got these receivers that you got to deal with now. You got you got Hopkins, you got to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. you, you look up 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 north to to, to Seattle and, and and what Russell Wilson has there, and and he he's going to find guys. Um, and and DK Metcalf started to come on late last year, had a big playoff game. Um, and so you expect him to take a step, much like Niners fans are hoping Debo will take a step next yeah. season. So now you you I, I know you you. Kind of got to look at this thing out of a broad scope if you're the Niners because you're contending with, you know, not just those in your division. You're contending with the Saints, as we mentioned. You're contending with the Ravens, as we mentioned. Like, you're contending with all these top teams that you hope to be there in the end. But but you, you certainly can't overlook this division, which, which could be the best division in football once again. I think it is the best division in football. Um, the simple fact that you just have the Niners at the level that, that they are at, and I think they're going to remain at the level we saw last season. 
Um, and Seattle is just simply Seattle. And as long as Russell is there, I mean, Russell is quite possibly the best quarterback in the league um, at this moment. And as long as you have that, um, then that gives them an opportunity. We know that as long as he's healthy and under, under center, they can win 10 games. He's just he's one of those type quarterbacks. And whether you want to give him credit for it or not, that's just the way it is. Arizona. Now we were talking about Emmanuel Sanders going there and Drew Brees having two receivers now. But now let's just look at what's happening in Arizona. Real talk. Larry Fitzgerald is now the other receiver. Yeah. He's he's the other he's the other receiver. He's the other guy. He's the other guy. He he is he is actually the other guy now because as much as you're gonna want to say okay as you said it's not like Fitz forgot how to play football Mm-mm. and it's not like he can't make plays I know he's still gonna be able to make plays at his advanced age for a player wide receiver he's gonna make plays he is not the better of the two. Yeah. <laughs> so so you gotta you gotta pay some attention to DeAndre Hopkins, or he'll just I mean he'll just break your plate. He'll he'll just get guys fired. I mean that's that's just the way it is. I and, mean, and he, his he, catch radius is ridiculous. Well, he he DeAndre Hopkins. When when you start talking about best receivers in the league, let's just look at this. I mean, this is a guy who until Deshaun Watson came in, and then he was doing it with a young young quarterback. Okay. Early on, until he got him, DeAndre Hopkins was getting what 15, 14, 15, 1600 yards, all these touchdowns, all these catches. And he was, he, and he had just hot garbage throwing balls to him. Yeah. It was, I mean, he had no quarterback play and he's still killing. He, this, it's, it's like, it's like, um, it's the same thing I say about Fitz. I was like, the, the year Fitz had all that garbage, I mean, he, he went from, he went from backup quarterback to third team bar, to backup scout team quarterback. It was a few years ago, and and I was like, Fitz has almost 800 yards and 70, 80 catches, and he had guys who wouldn't play for a good high school quarterbacking for him. <laughs> and that's when I'm like, this dude's the truth. It's the truth. And you, the, the Niners are gonna have to. You're gonna have to contend with that because. Um, that offense, you mentioned Drake back there with, with what they have, a guy that can run the ball between the tackles, can catch the ball in space, good in the screen game. You're going to have those receivers that you're going to have to pay attention to a mobile quarterback. That's going to extend plays that gives any defense. I don't care how good your defense is. It gives it trouble. Uh, you, you're going to have to contend with that. They're going to be able to score. They're going to be able to make some plays. It's going to be important to have your pass rush there. It's going to be important to score offensively to keep pace um, because they're going to make some plays and your secondary has got to be able to get balls out of there. Um, so that's, so we can get back to that part of it. it. It's, it's good that they've been keeping the band together defensively um, on the back end. But I, I think you also got to get some, got to do some growing up back there and maybe even um, there's still some additions that need to be made. Um, You talked about, what what Kingsbury was able to do down there and how similar it 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 was to what Kyle was doing earlier uh in his regime i mean the, the NFL is i mean so, so many people say it's a week to week league but it it's the the one sport in which you can go from worst to first in a hurry 
right? And we saw oh, yeah. we saw the Niners do that last season, going from four wins to uh, to the Super Bowl. Um, how how likely is it that this Cardinals team can make that type of a jump in twenty twenty? It was not. Uh, do I think that they can be a contender and cause problems? Yes. Or do I think how likely is it for them to make that jump? It's like when you very, say contender, like is this like a playoff contender? Oh uh, yeah, I think they. I think they have an opportunity to do that, but it's it's, it's unlikely that they're going to make the Niners' precipitous jump uh, because they have the Niners and they have Seattle in their division. It's going to be hard for them to jump over both of those teams because to do that, you, you're talking. I mean, in actuality, you're talking about sweeping one, maybe both of those teams to put yourself in position to do that. That that's that's really the position that you're going to have to put yourself in. Yeah, you can split. You th- can split this time last year, them. I don't know if people thought that the Niners would be able to 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 supplant both the Seahawks and the. And the Rams. Well, the Rams, but see, but look at this. The Rams fell apart. The Rams, the Rams, they you didn't have to do anything to the Rams because they did it to themselves. They did it to themselves. Self-inflicted wounds. Fair so point. that's what I'm saying. Fair point. Seattle's not going to fall apart. The Niners aren't going to fall apart. So what you have to do is raise your standard if you are Arizona, if you are the Rams. You got to raise your standard of play to get to the top of this division because those other two aren't going anywhere. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So now if you're Arizona, you have to sweep to do what the Niners did. You have to sweep the Rams. They're going to have to sweep either Seattle or the Niners and split worst case scenario, split with one of the other. That's that's quite a leap. Yeah, and I don't I don't see them doing that because I don't see I don't see you sweeping, you, you know I don't I don't see you winning three out of four with Seattle and um, the Niners. I don't see Arizona doing that. I don't think they're ready for that just yet. Uh, and now all of this is being said, health across the board for all teams, it's a given. So that's so that's what I'm trying to say. I, I that, that's why I'm looking at where the Niners are. That they they. they are solid. I, I, yeah, it's going to be a tough game, and I like that being in a tough division. It's, it's like a few years back when I thought the best division the, in all of sports. I thought it was the AFC North early on, uh, when in in the early two thousands when you had Baltimore and Pittsburgh at that level. You had some good Cincinnati teams doing during that time. Marvin Lewis had some really good teams. The problem is that they just weren't championship good. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah, Baltimore, yeah. Pittsburgh had to deal with. You couldn't every even. You couldn't year. even. Yeah, you couldn't even make. You, you couldn't even make the. You couldn't make the playoffs because you had two Super Bowl contenders in your division, Man. and and that's the thing. And, and Marvin Harrison will always be that guy that couldn't win a playoff game, couldn't do this, could. Do, they were winning ten games a year, but they had to, they had two Super Bowl contenders. And that's what Arizona is going up against right now. So that's why I'm saying it's going to be a very difficult thing for them to make that leap if the other teams maintain where they are. And I think you have organizations that are capable of maintaining uh, what they have. That's why I don't see that jump. Is it so, premature to say that they've 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 leaped beyond the Rams? 
Um, well, yeah, it's premature. It's premature. We can look at it on on paper. They're doing what they need to do. That that's the thing that I can say. They look. It, it's just like going into last season when I was asked at this time of year what I thought about uh, the Niners. And during the offseason, I was like, you know what? They have addressed the issues that you would think they need to address. You know, the, the so-called issues, the, the areas of concern, they address them. So if you that's all you can do this time of year. All you can do is get better on paper. It's premature because, you know, the, the, the Rams are in a, in a situation to where they still have an opportunity to address some of what they have going on. Their locker room is not void of talent. It's not. Um, they just they're just doing some house cleaning that they needed to do anyway. I mean, what, what, Todd Gurley in the Super Bowl, you don't give him the football. In the Super Bowl, you don't give him the football. Yeah, he's hurt. He was hurt then, obviously. So and so, you you try to prolong it. You hope he can get back because you have given him all this money. And and that's what teams and that's what people have to understand. That's fans. You have to understand that. That's what happens a lot of times. Why do you hold on to this player? Why do they do certain things? It's because remember, the GM, the president, who whoever it is, the person that finally signed off on this is the contract that we need to give this player. You have to go in and sit down with the owner, and explain to him why you just gave all of his money to this guy. And if you don't have a good answer, that could be your job. So these GMs are going to try to give a guy every chance they possibly can to perform. And you hope and you pray that you can find lightning in a bottle. Because as I said, a guy can always have a good year. So you can always hope that something's going to happen. But now they're just moving on. So they they realize that they have a player that it's just not going to work out for them. They can't afford to pay him the money. They know his health. Um, yes, he may come in and have a really good year, but they're like, we can't afford you to have a bad one and keep our jobs. So you have to, you have to let that move on. We'll see what they address. Um, are they going to be able to get themselves up into, um, Niner Seattle territory? I don't think the Rams are going to do that. It, it's funny. You do. I think they've supplanted them. I told somebody last week when they asked me to rank the teams, I, I said, Niner Seattle, Arizona, um, the Rams. That's the way I rank them. Um, and that's that's just simply on paper. Uh, but I'm not I'm not one to go into the season saying that the Rams, the Ar- Arizona is going to just blow the Rams out of the water. The Rams are just going to be. I, I don't do. I think they're going to be hot. Less, let me say it. But that's that's just <laughs> that's just personally. That's just personally. That's just how I feel about the Rams. <laughs> but, but 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 that's where they are. So I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I, that may have been I may have um, contradicted myself on that one because of the way I rank them. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to say Arizona has supplanted them. And it's just something it's just something about some of these teams. And I know it's my bias because I just feel like when you put that bird on the side of your head, you're cursed. You just are. You just are. I, I, I tried to talk Fitz and for years to get out of there. I was like, Fitz, please leave. Why don't you come play for the Niners? For years, I talked to him about it. I was just, but but I get it. He loved he loved those colors. He loved that bird. They've been good to him. He's been a good player, and he's seen the good times. I mean, he's he's been on that team when it when they they were horrible and 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 took them to a Super Bowl. So I get it from yeah, his standpoint. That, that money but, goes a lot further there in, in in the in the desert than it does in the Bay. That's for sure. 
Um, uh, yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, I think he's got beyond the money. I think he's got well, yeah, beyond yeah, the, yeah, it, yeah. It, It's like those those are just his colors. They they just that matters to him. That's how he sees himself. That's how we see him. Well, just that area too. Like now, he's he's even got a little share in the uh, in the Suns organization, and he, he does a lot of you know off the field oh, stuff yeah, down he, there. He, the... he is he is that. You're right. He he is um, embedded in that community. Uh, is that's just it's just a part of. He's just a part of the fabric. It, it's it's like before Andy DeBartolo was in the Hall of Fame, and I remember as at a Super Bowl when they were doing all of that and he was up and they asked me what did I think about Eddie DeBartolo and I was like it's silly when to ask that question and I and I asked someone like this I said he is as much and this, this was my answer I said Eddie DeBartolo is, is as much of a part of the of the fabric of the Bay Area as the Bay Bridge and the Golden Gate hmm. uh, it, it was like I was like you 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 think about sports in the Bay Area you're not going to have a legitimate conversation without talking about Eddie DeBartolo and his part in Bay Area sports. I said, just like you're not going to talk about landmarks there and not talk about the Golden Gate Bridge or the Bay Bridge. I was like, it's just it's just he's he's a part of the fabric. That's that's Fitzgerald in um, Arizona. He's he's there. But so, they, you know, unfortunately, you still got to deal with him for a couple of years because he has been a niner pain in the you know what for years. Yeah, he he has. Um, obviously, nowadays there's so much uh, going on through social media. You know, Twitter has kept me locked in during this this quarantine time and finding out information and everything. But there's a social media out there for everybody, right? There's there's the fun and games and Instagram. There's some of the news stuff that you get from Twitter, but there's also Something out there for the business professionals like yourself, yeah. Eric Davis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and you have to look in because everyone at some point of their lives uh, has been a part of a job interview. Mm-hmm. You have either been the interviewer or the interviewee, and we all know what that's like. We, you know, you know. I know you've had your auditions where you go in and have to sit down and do the cold reads or or get with a group of people and have these conversations like you're the best of friends and linkedin is trying to help the business people out with that as you said uh, the perfect hire can impact your business for years to come that's something you got to understand as a business owner and the only place you can find the perfect hire is on linkedin jobs they have over 675 million members worldwide uh, they can screen candidates for you with the hard or soft skills that you're looking for, and, and they can find the right person for you fast. So LinkedIn looks beyond the skills that you are expecting for the job to be done, and they are going to look for skilled people, and they are going to post them right up front so that the qualified candidates can be matched with your business perfectly. That's always a good thing, and it's no wonder why – there's a person hired every eight seconds. Listen to this. Every eight seconds, before I finish reading this, a few people will be hired on LinkedIn. That's that's some pretty good work right there. And that's why companies also rate LinkedIn job as the number one platform for hiring their workers. So find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn jobs. You can pay whatever you want, but you get $50 off. So just visit LinkedIn.com slash team. Again, that's LinkedIn 
com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions of apply, of course. But go get on there because, like you said, there's a social media for everything. Um, find a job. Find someone to work for you. LinkedIn. True story. LinkedIn is how I, find, mm-hmm. uh, how's how I connected with the good folks here at Believe. Uh, there, there, See, there, was, there, there was a posting. And I got in touch with uh, Bron, set up a phone interview, and what do we know? Sitting here uh, across from Super Bowl champ Eric Davis doing this Believe in 49ers podcast. So uh, so, so look at it. So we know it works. It works. It's very it true. Works. It works. It, it works. Yeah, look, Believe found – look, they found the most qualified candidate out there. Because I couldn't do it without you, man. I wouldn't <laughs> even want to do it without you. And likewise, my man, likewise. I wouldn't want to do it without you. Um, Niners earlier this week signed Kerry Hyder to a one-year deal. Hyder, 6'2", 275-pound defensive lineman who was an undrafted mm-hmm. free agent uh, by the Jets back in 2014. Spent all of the 2019 season with the Cowboys. Had 17 sackles, one sack. One fumble recovery, and he played in all 16 games last year. I say that because you look at this defensive line situation, both you and I agree that's a a, a position group that they'll probably address um, at at some point, likely in the draft, um, more so than free agency, especially now because uh, we took a look at this and and we thought a good fit – would be none other than Indomitian Sue. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Tom ends up d- down in Tampa Bay, and Indomitian Sue says, hey, you know what? Tom Brady's here. I might as well, you know, stay down here too in, 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 in Tampa. And so he resigns with the Bucks. Uh, he was he was one of our targets to to enter uh that to to be to be signed uh by these Niners in free agency after the Buckner trade, but now he he stays in Tampa Bay. They bring in Hyder. We'll see what he can do. But you look at the draft. Obviously, at some point they're going to look at a defensive lineman. But the the I don't want to say the loss of Sue because the Forty ers never had him. But just yeah. the, the domino effect. Brady ends up in Tampa. Sue stays there. No, exactly, exactly. And and, and you know I I was on. Twitter talking about that and I said it I don't know if I said it on the podcast or what I may have about Sue being here and I was like you know you lose but Sue can come in and he can fill that role and it won't cost you what, what were we talking about I was like, and it won't cost you 20 million a season he signed there for what 8 million yeah one year 8 and, million and and I felt like you could get the production that you got from Buckner out of Sue, you this guy still demands a double team. He's still going to be a space eater. He's going to allow guys around him. So the Armsteads and all these these lanky guys, they can still move. The Bosa's and the Fours, they can still get the one on ones because you got to double that guy. I knew that. Um, and everyone was like, "You don't need him," and he's not. And I was like, "Well, that then why were the Niners trying to get him?" that that was part of the plan you're looking and remember i said that's john gm in his ass off because he's looking at what's out there yeah and how how much do i have to pay this guy yes you're going to lose some good players what's what's the easiest to it's easier to replace an interior guy than it is an edge rusher that's why there's such a premium on ezra edge rushers they're harder to find it's it's just 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 
it's hard. It's it's really harder to find. Um, uh, you you know, it's, it's just like corners and safeties. It's it's harder to find one than the other. A guy that can do it at a certain level. Um, so Sue, no, it's not the end of the world, but it would have been nice to have him. Yeah. In there, in the middle of everything. Um, so because somebody still, was going to be somebody or somebody's were going to benefit from him being in in that lineup like like he made exactly. like like if you're just looking at the numbers you know you may have scoffed at 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 his uh his his production perhaps but somebody was going to go off as a result you know of him being there in the middle of that defensive line whether it was Armstead like you said or Bosa or 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 D Ford or or who knows maybe even a Ronald Blair you you, you never know somebody was going to go off as a result the guys who lined up next to him it's like that other receiver it's like I'm saying being across from Randy Moss like I should tell Nate Nate you're across from Randy Moss (laughs) you should have been all pro you should have been all pro you were getting you you got all the easy work you should have been all pro so stop it you guys lining up the guys lining up next to Sue have their career years because as you said he takes up so much room you have to concentrate on him even at this age you have to concentrate on him so that's that's why i was like okay it would have been nice he's gone he was never here he's not a part of it um but it still leaves me questioning what they want to do with that early pick because you were trying to replace buck and that's what that that's what that move looks like to me. That you're trying to you're trying to re, um, replace Defoe right there. So if that's the case, that still may be looking at that in this draft coming up. I know the expectations is that it's going to be a wide receiver. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's and I wouldn't be mad if it's a big body. I've said that the entire time. Give me an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I I have faith that you can find a you can find a corner. You can find a you can find a DB or a wide receiver later in the draft. There are too many of them out there, and you can find another guy that can come in and play for you. I, I just I just feel like that's that's what you do, and that's how you do it. Um, that we'll see. I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, that, that that that's that's the one thing I was all I was all into. Okay, I see they're going to try to get a skilled guy early on, and that could help. I don't know if you necessarily have to have. I know everybody's in love with with Judy, um, or you know C.D. Lamb, um, Rugs, uh, and and um, I like I like Alabama receivers, you know, because I think they just play well early on in their careers because of the training they get. Um, you know, they have they have a lot of um, pro guys that they deal with there that understand. I mean, like Pendry. I don't know if he's still on the staff like that, but Joe Pendry, a longtime NFL coach, um, offensive coordinator, everything else. These guys come in, they know how to run routes and read defenses and and um, how to create separation and deal with press coverage and all of this stuff. Because, you know, Saban, you know, understands pro um, press coverages and then he, and he teaches that to his guys. So their wide receivers have to deal with. So there's a lot that I like about those guys. But I'm also okay if you don't get one of them. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad if you got some some nasty linemen to protect the quarterback. 
and give him an opportunity to continue to grow. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. If he's not getting hit and he can stand there, if he's shown that he doesn't mind standing in the pocket and allowing plays to develop, get him more protection. It's only it's only going to make the team better. So I'm I'm interested in seeing how they play this one out. Do they do they go for the right now or do they go for less sustain this and 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 keep things moving uh, down the road? You know how how is that going to be? Because I mean linemen are important as Dallas. Now that Freddie retired, yeah, they're important. You you look at it. It's interesting. The 49ers posted. Um, an article on, on their website, and it had uh, different mock drafts from 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 different reporters, uh, or, or from, from different different reporters from different outlets, and it had their uh, uh, what they were going to do with the number thirteen pick, and and it ranged anywhere from wide receiver to corner to defensive line. So there's still some some you know some uncertainty there amongst those that that do the mock drafts. Um, there are some mock drafts out there that have as many as seven wide receivers going in the first round. Um, this this wide well, receiver that's class that's is bananas. is ridiculously <laughs> yeah, but 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 Ed this this wide receiver class is ridiculously loaded. Like like this yeah. is this is probably one of the deepest wide receiver classes we've seen in a while. Like like the names we're mentioning um, aren't even names like. Uh, Justin Jefferson from LSU or Jalen Rager from 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 TCU or Brandon Ayuk who a lot of people like who 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 most people see going in the second or third round um or or, or even a Michael Pittman Jr. you know his daddy played in the league so he he's he's got the genes he's got the bloodlines um, uh-huh. daddy won a Super Bowl with the Bucks um a lot of people see him going maybe second or third round as well um, even a T. Higgins, who who may be gone before the Niners get there at thirteen, the, the wide receiver from Clemson. But like this, this wide receiver core is is ridiculously deep. Um, but I, I'm with you. I, 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 a part of me would prefer them go either O lineman or D lineman at thirteen. Um, but so, I, I I don't know. Like just the way this whole thing is playing out. Like I feel like. Whether it be thirteen or thirty-one, I, one of those picks is going to be a receiver. I really believe that. Unless, unless, unless Lynch has some other little, you know, rabbit in his hat that he's going to pull off some blockbuster trade, you know, from some star wide out out there, you know, maybe an OBJ or whoever. Um, I, I really believe either thirteen or thirty-one is going to be is, is going to be a wide receiver. I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. But you know my philosophy on that. Um, and this is someone who played the position um, of corner. I I said there is no reason. I've always I always said there is no reason to draft um, unless the guy is a freak of nature. And by that, where I mean it's just certain when it, it's a Megatron. When you get because guys that big or Randy Moss, guys that big aren't supposed to move that fast. So when you start to get the freak of nature guys, when you get a Julio Jones, if you line I don't know if you've ever stood next to Julio and just watched them and and seen it. But but people, if you can stand next to Julio Jones on a football field and watch him, if you've ever seen the movie Avatar, that's what this dude is. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I said for years the dude should be blue. He's a freaking avatar. It doesn't there is no reason 
that a man I, I remember watching him over at the Pro Bowl when Jerry Rice and I were the Pro Bowl coaches. I was watching him just and I just sat there and just watched him one day. And Jerry and I were both looking at each other like, how the hell can that huge body stop and start and change direction that quickly? So when you see when you see that now, I'm like, okay, this right here, yeah, I'm I'm drafting him as fast as I possibly can. Because you're just like like human beings just shouldn't be able to do that. It's rare that you see that. So unless the guy is is at that level, there they go. They're coming for you. They are always coming for you. It's <laughs> right outside so, my house this time. Yeah, of course it is. They're on their way to you. <laughs> <laughs> So, so people, if we if we have to go quickly, to understand. Just, just know, just know. <laughs> but, but so unless unless a guy is at that freak of nature, I'm not drafting. I'm not drafting a wide receiver or DB in the first round. I'm unless I get a freak. That's just that's just how I am. It's like Dion, his speed. Yes, I have no choice. Um, Patrick Peterson, that size, that quickness, everything that he could do with at that weight. And the way he could move, yeah, I, I, okay, okay, I, I, I see it. it. It's rare that I'm gonna go and do that because one of the one of the greatest DBs our game has ever seen. Um, and 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 I, I did a list of like top five corners. I didn't put him on my list, and they were like, "He's gonna be mad." I was like, "Sherm's not finished." That's why I didn't put him on my list yet because Sherm is gonna Sherm is going to convert. He's gonna be one of the greatest DBs ever played. He was drafted in what sixth round. He so was, I'm, I'm just, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he was drafted pretty low. I'm not sure if it was six, though. but Yeah, I think it was something like that. Yeah, remember he, he started his career as a uh, as a wide receiver at Stanford. Oh, at Stanford, um, at yeah. Stanford yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, but I'm, so, so that's, what, that's what I'm just saying by looking at this stuff. There are a lot of you – know, I don't think you have to have to draft guys that early yeah. um, to play yeah, DB. Fifth, yeah, fifth round, fifth round. In 2011. Yeah, so yeah. so 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 that's that's what I'm saying. You don't you don't have to get guys. I mean, when you but there there are some like I said, there there are freak of nature guys that you look at and you just see. But if you go across the board and you look at a lot of the star players at the wide receiver position, at the corner safety position, they're not first rounders. Yeah. I, I'm I'm with you. Like I, I I'm with you. And and, and, I, made, and, I, and I made I made the argument, you know, last week. Even if you have that guy, like the, those guys don't lead you to a Super Bowl. No. You know, like the, those guys, they they put up numbers. They will wow you. It'll be something to watch. It may be must see TV every single week. But but those guys, they don't necessarily hang banners. Um, you know, I I, I talked about Julio Jones. I mean, he he got to a Super Bowl, didn't win one. Um, but you look at a Julio Jones, you look at a Chad Johnson, um, you, 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 you look at, at AJ Green for all he's done. I mean, these are, these are great players, but not one of them led their team to a Super Bowl. And, and, um, you know, Julio's had Matt Ryan, um, you know, Chad for, you know, a good chunk of his career, he's playing with Carson Palmer. I mean, it, it's, it, it's just, it, it's tough. Like those, those, those guys just, they they don't get you there. They don't get you necessarily to that banner. Now they can help, without a doubt. They can certainly help. Um, but if you're going to get there, if you're going to be playing late into January and in early February, like you better have some dudes up front. You better have some dudes up front. Oh, um, without without question, without if you a don't doubt. Have a big, 
if you don't have the big uglies, you don't stand a chance. Yeah, and so um, I don't know. I just I'd like to see him go O line, D line. Um, you know, one or the other, or even you know, with make a make a trade. You know, a mega trade. Um, you know, to go out and get someone, but. Um, I don't know. Just kind of reading the tea leaves here, it just it just appears that way to me that they're going to go uh, wide receiver at one of those picks. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We're right now where we sit. Um, we're a little less than a month away from the draft, uh, so we got plenty of time to talk about it. And, and John Lynch and company have plenty of times to make their decision about which way they want to go. Um, and, and so we'll we'll see. Um, I think that. Uh, I think we covered a lot of bases here. Um, how should we get yeah, a quarant- quarantine update, man? How's how, how's it going over there in the day? Hey, you know up? what? You know what? We're all okay. We're we're um we're we're keeping it together as as a family, taking care of one another. You know, um, no one's going stir crazy. The family, um, the, uh, you know, what the wife just laughed. She was like, "Huh." <laughs> <laughs> the family, the family. You know, they're exercising and trying to do everything we can to keep it going how about you guys uh you know it's uh it's it's kind of the 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 same old deal um shout out to all the stay-at-home moms and stay-at-home dads i'll tell you man like like i i i you know daddy daycare is open normally only you know a couple days a week right normally you know my mom helps out my mother-in-law she comes down um you know a couple couple days a week to help out um, so normally I get, you know, maybe two, anywhere from two to three days, perhaps, you know, where I'm just by myself, man, I, all last week I was exhausted, man. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, I was so, by the end, by the time last Friday came, I was like, man, this is <laughs> exhausting. Um, but, uh, but no, nah, it's a beautiful thing, man. It, it's, I was talking to someone, texting with someone the other day, man. It, it's kind of like a blessing in disguise where, you know, you really get to, to invest right and spend this time you know with family you know so much i mean you know how it is most so much hustle and bustle got to be here got to be there and and running around this that and the other but now you really don't have a choice you know like and, and yeah. you get to sit here and and invest this time and spend some time um my uh my wife she has one of those essential jobs right so she's been having to go every day but they switch things up for her this week so uh, three days out of the week, she she's able to work from home. So you know that's been cool, and you know we've been able to catch up on on some of our shows. Started All American, by the way, season two of All American on Netflix. If you haven't seen it or or whatever, um, it's uh it's just as good as as season one. We haven't gotten through the whole season yet, but so far it's been uh it's been pretty good. So um just 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 enjoying it, man. Just you know trying to take this thing um. Take 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 it all in stride, you know, and 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 take precautions and and follow rules and and all those things. But really, kind of enjoying this time, especially with the with with the wife and the little one, you know, man, you don't you don't you don't get these moments back, you know. So it's uh it's, yeah, exactly. It's cool, man. It's cool from that standpoint. Um, yeah, that that is one good thing, you know, the reconnecting you get to do with your people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll see. Uh, probably quarantine episode week three coming at you next week perhaps um <laughs> without question hit us up on twitter he's at underscore eric davis underscore i'm at r haylock um those are not our instagram handles by the way but we've been pondering maybe thinking about doing a uh, an instagram live so i don't know we'll shoot that out to you on 
on uh, on Twitter. See what you guys think about that. And uh, yeah, maybe, put, those, maybe, put, yeah. put our handles out there, man. Uh, he, he, I'm at Watch Ray Ray on Instagram. That's at Watch Ray Ray, and he's at Bump and Run. Um, I suppose that is that spelled out. Let me let me find this here. Yeah, Bump Bump. Yeah, B U M P N. Bump and R-U-N. Run. Yeah. Oh yes. no! Wait, we messed it up. We messed it up. Go back. At underscore, my man loves his underscores. I thought I was the only. <laughs> I got an underscore in my email, and I just get just harassed for it all the time, right? Um, but someone who loves underscores more than me, my man, a hundred grand ed. That's at underscore bump in the letter in run. That's at underscore bump in yeah. run on Instagram. So we may do a little IG live. Uh, for you, maybe end of this week, beginning of and next you know, week, perhaps. I, and I've been trying to do my Q and A's on there too, because you know there are people like, well, you don't answer my questions on Twitter. I'm like, I answer just about everyone that I see. Yeah, we and, may and just, then I, we may just open open the thing up. Yeah, let's just. So that's what I do now. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm just opening it up and and just you know what, like here I am, ask me your question and I can answer it right now, and that way you know it's answered. Yeah. So wait, we can uh. Yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of cool. Get some of your questions, uh, you know, live and 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 in color, so to speak. You know, everybody's been going crazy on the IG lives. It's been cool. Saw a Melanie Fiona concert on IG live uh, earlier this week, so that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we we may we may do that for you. So we'll we'll give you some details. We'll put them out there on Twitter. Um, let you guys know if and when we do that. If it, if it's something that you guys would be interested in. Um and yeah, so that'll be that. Appreciate you for listening. As always, um, this has been the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network. So for my man, ED, Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. We will see y'all next week. Be safe, wash your hands, enjoy this quarantine time. Hopefully, you and all your families are well. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.